Ignite joy. Lots of joy that I have today as I'm thinking about a lot of things that we're in the midst of. We have uh, today, uh, after the late service, a baptism. Uh, some of you might remember Norman Schaefer. Uh, his daughter wanted to share that with some of Norman's friends. Norm died here a few years ago, and so she's flown in and working with her church back home. We're having the baptism today after late. We've got a couple next Sunday. We've got one after late service on the 31st. We've got some adults who are looking forward to being baptized in the next month or so. Lots of joy in seeing God at work in that. Joy in transitions of life. Transition is something that is certainly around us. And uh, the whole idea, and I know some of you are real familiar with Marie Kondo, is, is that her work and the, her popularity on the Internet has to do with igniting some joy, of having joy and decluttering. And I guess you could say about today, when you're dealing with transitions, change and transition is dealing with the decluttering of the, the head. And a lot of times it takes decluttering of the head before you can declutter the house or declutter the room. It's understanding how that leads into it. You may have had that relative, you may be that person yourself, but I've been in homes where things that are going on here pains and hurts, challenges, just stuff of life, major and minor. Probably the most major one I remember was uh, early in my pastorate, I went over to visit somebody and, and they didn't really want to let me in their house, but I needed to get in because of health issues, talk to them, and, and I understood why they didn't want me to come in because when I came in, everything was at this level. <coughs> there was paths through the house and you literally had to walk through the paths to get anywhere, including the kitchen, because the things that were piled, including papers and everything else, and the cats, and I'm also alert, you know, pollen's killing me right now, but cats are also my uh, kryptonite, and they're walking at my head level next to me. Now, frankly, the issues of this person's life were emotional, but they were also spiritual. And what they were dealing with, and. What I'm recognizing is there wasn't much joy going on there because the heaviness of heart and the heaviness of mind had taken away the ability to even declutter in life. There wasn't much joy igniting there. And all the changes and then the lack of transition in her story that went through <clears throat> meant that she had not experienced joy in transitions in life at all. The Bible's actually filled, filled with, in terms of the history, the story of God in people's lives, you constantly see change and transition, or sometimes change and lack of transition. And I could go story to story to story, history to history to history, person to person to person, but just think about this. Change, now, and let's just think about this, identify what change is. So change is something that comes. It can come from yourself, but oftentimes it comes from the outside. And change, as by the word, is something that goes from here to here. It's a sudden shift. Moving, as Pastor Ted talked about, moving is a change. If you haven't done it lately, uh, you don't realize or remember how much that change affects you. Or change can be negative or it can be positive. So, you know, you can remember if you've moved recently or even longer ago, if there's a change, you move from one state to another, you have a brand new job, you have all these things going on, and it all feels like good change, and then one day you just kind of crumble at the house and go, oh, I'm just over this. And you go, wait a minute, new house, new life, 
new job. I should be excited. But too much change can crush joy. Not just the sorrowful things of change, death, illness, but you start stacking things. And frankly, if you don't understand the difference between change and transition, if you don't understand what it does to you stress-wise, if you can't manage that change into a transition of life, even the best of things can cause you know, depression. It can cause all kinds of things. Our, our guardian of our heart can start jumping up and saying, wait a minute, I've got to cover up here. And we begin to act and react in ways that are unhealthy because we can't deal with change. So, for instance, uh, Abraham was called out of his land. They moved. Most of his story, the story with Sarai, is about from the point where God said, this is, this is what's going to happen, but God then moved them through transition to, to the point of him having the birth of Isaac. Children of Israel were called out of Egypt. He's going to take them to the promised land. Now, just think about, we like things instantaneous. How long did it take God to transition the people to be ready to go into the land? Oh, only 40 years, right? Organizations go through change. We're working on change and transition. As we mentioned to you with Vern uh, retiring and his change, and he'll be in grace around here bugging the snot out of us, hopefully, and, and we'll be even worse to you. But, um, you know, as we go through that, that's a change. Now, you take that and other changes, and in an organization or system, it's a good thing for him and grace, and, and, and that's a great thing for them to have that. But when you have things stack up in a church, if you have too much change, it can become where there's stress, and we then start living out of that stress. There's not much joy. In families, I mentioned moving. I'll just tell you a hint into my life early on. My wife had never moved anywhere. She had lived in the same house in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We got married. Good for her, right? Great for me. We uh, moved from where she had lived her whole life within that one block to Iowa. Exciting, you know, new vicar, new intern, exciting life. And she was miserable. And you're thinking it's all about me. Well, I can cause a lot of misery, but it... But all these things that were pressing against her, and what I learned in my life early on is, as a pastor, I always call it the six-month cry. Have you ever experienced a six-month cry? This is where change goes to transition is, and I'm young, you know, stupid, naive, married dude, and I'm, everything's about me. Whatever I've done, you know, I'm sorry. I always said that really early on. Whatever it is, I'm sorry. We'll figure out what it was later, but I'm just sorry. And I remember six months in into Waverly, Iowa, and, and I realized the covers are going like this and the pillow is moving, and there's just this, and I'm thinking, you know, she's thinking, you know, what, is that, what did I get myself into, you know? And well, it wasn't that. It was, what are we doing here? I don't feel part of this. Why? You know, it was just change, change, change. And what I noticed was after that transition, it was a complete connecting into where we were. It happened every time we moved. We moved to Manchester, Delaware, same thing. Now, I could talk about her because unlike me, who's too closed down with emotions, she lets her emotions be there and in a healthy way deals with that. But we had the same thing, six months there, six months here in 1990. 
until we get to the six-month cry, I figure she hasn't dealt with the change that's going on. And when she deals it, guess what? Help me to deal with transition. Okay, you with me? Families, it happens. Organizations, it happens. In the Bible, it happened. And even if you think about it, in the New Testament, when Jesus called the disciples and then also worked with them, it was going from change, follow me to the transition, go therefore. When you came a part of this congregation, here's an interesting thing. You might have caught yourself doing this or might remember it. I can always tell when transition happens with people who come into a church as their home. When they first talk to me, they'll say, we're here at your church. Well, here at your church, not my church, by the way, anyway, but here at your church, or here at Resurrection, and then suddenly, and it's magically somewhere in that six-month period, people begin to say things like, well, here in our congregation, do you see the difference? Your, our. Change and transition are not the same thing. Change is something that comes from the outside most often. It may be something forced upon us or something that comes in life like a baby. Change. Oh, you do a lot of changing there. I mean, but then there's that transition, that aspect of assimilating what that means and now dealing with life in a new way. And that for us is where God declutters, if you will, brings joy, ignites joy in us when we can go through change and ignite into a transition of our hearts and lives. And this text in Philippians is wonderful because what happens is this text in Philippians begins to engage us and the words that I have in your bulletin, I can't remember if I have them on the screen. If so, Josh can pop it forward and I'll start using it, but I can't remember if I did. We do, okay. So, it, 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 Paul here, and who knew more about change and transition than Paul? He had been an enemy of Christ. He comes to a realization before Jesus, his Lord, and then he comes out and says, I'm gonna be now a missionary, like our friend St. Patrick. St. Patrick was an amazing missionary. The stories on him and how he went about that, we can't hardly give you a clue, but there are books written about the methods and the message and how he went about that. Amazing stuff. But Paul goes through this, and he has this, this realization, and he actually goes out to try and share the message because his change, and people are like, uh, who are you? And he goes because people want to kill him. He goes off to himself. And then we see in his life and his ministry, as we read in the book of Acts, as we hear his heart shared in the letters, that God took him from change to transition to the greatest missionary of all time. And Paul writes to the Philippians, and remember who he is, a man who's experienced change. And as he's seen that change and what it did to him, but also as he understood God working and transitioning, that is, bringing him to the point of not only having change and the stress and the fear and the concern and all those things, to a point of living out life in a new and fresh way. He had had his mind decluttered from his past insofar that his life would now become more purposeful, more joy-filled. In Philippians, frankly, the reason he can continue to say rejoice and have joy over and over again was because despite all the ways that he tried to protect himself, despite all the things that had gone on in him, despite all of his guilt, God moved him from that point of fear, protection, into being one who now served 
and knew his purpose as God called him to be. So, we have Philippians 3. It's in your bulletin here. You heard it just read, but I just want to kind of jump from 1 to 1, 1. So, imitation. The reason I have that here is because it says this. Paul says to his, his people, a very endearing word, brothers, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me. Now, that's a challenging thing, but you know, when you're trying to work from change to transition, the best way we learn that, and frankly, the way you probably move through change and stress and struggles and challenges and hurts is because there's somebody in your life who mimicked or who modeled that, right? Now, some of us might say we had horrible models for change. When chaos and crisis hit, they were just, Wah! But there are people that God places in our life, and there are those times when we go through those things that we can see and imitate. And Paul has no apologies for saying this. He could certainly say, Mimic Christ, imitate Christ, but because of the work of Christ in him, because of him being that very person who experienced change, who experienced trouble, who experienced hurt, who messed up, who went through these things, he has and boldly says, imitate me. And so imitation when it comes to change and dealing with transition is finding those people in our life and finding what God has given to us as our resources. Paul be a good example. Jesus himself is saying, if I'm going to deal with this, who would I imitate? Now we, as a congregation, have we not experienced a lot of death in the recent year, huh? I haven't really counted it literally, but it seems to me that I've been engaged with more funerals in the last year, two years, than the first 27. Certainly if you take the last five versus the previous, it just has been there. Now, in some parts, thinking about those of you who just had lost this week, those of you who had lost recently, it can seem so overwhelming, but I also hear from people as they get into it and begin to go from the change of the loss of a loved one that they truly look to people that they've seen experience loss. That's one of the strengths of, for instance, our grief group. It's one of the, of the strengths of groups that are Bible studies or home groups that we have people that we lean into because we've seen God working in them. It truly is those words, and we use those all the time in our funeral bulletin where it says, you know, let us, you know, be able to comfort others as God has comforted us. Because you don't flip a switch on one day and say, hey, I'm over this. And you'll find that feelings will change over time, but you're still dealing with, and sometimes it can be the anniversary of the death, it can be the anniversary of the funeral, it may be special events, but there's something there. And over time, both leaning into people who've experienced that, leaning into the comfort of God, the hurt's still there. But we begin to change in terms of how we look at that loss, how we deal with that loss, and imitation seeing how others, especially when we find others who've dealt with it in a healthy way, becomes a way that God declutters our life from things like that. 
on the other side, you know, it's a joy-filled thing to have a baby, but it can be overwhelming. What do we look to? We look to people, and you'll find people coming up and say, you had one of these things, you know, what, you know, do they ever sleep again? Will I ever get my life back? And then you get these comforting words, yes, when they turn 23 and move out. You'll, and they don't move back. No. You know, we, we look to those who have that experience, but more than experience, it's, it's a heart-to-heart. Paul brings us in transitioning, going through changes, finding people who can speak into that. Humility. Here in the text, it's not using the word humility. In fact, it's the very opposite. It says, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you now, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their glory and their shame with mindset on earthly things. So he kind of sets up, what's the opposite? Pride, self-interest. But if we really want to move through change in a healthy way, if we're going to declutter in a way that brings joy, it takes humility. Now, humility is, is a mindset, but it's also an active life on how do we deal with things. If we are challenged by something, no one is more stubborn than I am. I wish I wasn't so stubborn. I think I am right all the time. My wife will tell you, he just can't get over himself, and that's, God bless her. We argue very little, but sometimes what we go back over is just how stubborn I am. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just right all the time. It's embarrassing when you really think about it, but I, I, I can say that. But, but humility is really being able to face. And, and I, I, I'll tell you this, this is an area in my life where I, I just constantly, I look for people who ask me hard questions I try to ask myself hard questions. Because if you really think you're right, you better question yourself really hard because right can be a good thing. But if you push right and your rightness over other people, it becomes just ugly. Humility, true humility is seeing certainly for more than anything else that God is at work. And that God uses others, God uses situations, and I would not want to be what Paul describes as these people who, in his description, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Because I believe that if there's anybody who can destroy joy, it's those who lead and who walk with pride instead of humility. It can be in a household as a father or mother. It can be as a leader in an organization. It can be as someone who serves in any place. And I take, use the word serve because when they're really not serving, they're walking with pride. We have to watch in our life because you and I have our defense mechanisms, our guardians that, you know, when someone pushes back, you know, they, they come rising up because it's hard to admit our fallings and failures, right? 
So sometimes those pieces that people experience out of us is because our pride of self is so much there. If we want to have joy in the transitions, moving through change, because we have ways, we have ways that we guard ourselves when we go through either very hard things or too much of good things or a combination of those two. We have ways that we clutter up our life to guard our hearts and guard ourselves against being hurt. There's a fear tendency that goes there. It really takes humility that breaks out of that and says, God, what are you doing? Listening to the people in our life. And so when Paul says here that it just, uh, for him, uh, he has said and now says, this is how it hurts him. He says, I say it with tears. There are those that let pride get in the way. He isn't talking about somebody who's out there. This is someone who is close and personal to him. Humility. The next word that we see here is connection. His connection that he says in all of this is, is this idea that our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior. For us, what a comforting peace. What, a, what great words to help us through dealing with change, to declutter our lives. I heard this this week because of a funeral. I said, you know, about someone that they loved Jesus. One of their friends came out and said they knew that God loved them, but they weren't sure that God could forgive them. For some of us in this room, we, we live get through guilt over and over and over. For some of us, we try to avoid guilt over and over and over. We get so caught up about the things that have been done, either by avoiding or simply getting ourselves full deep in it and pitying ourselves for what we haven't been. And in either case, we forget these words that our citizenship is in heaven. And we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that the truth of that change, that we want to be able to take that change and move and totally assimilate the fact that that is in our life, that joy comes in knowing and not avoiding that I'm not a sinner or avoiding that I haven't failed or avoiding that I haven't done wrong, but totally engaging and embracing the fact that I am a sinner. That's what Lent is so wonderful about. We're not going to avoid that. We're going to embrace that. But we embrace just as hard. We have a Savior. We have one who loved us. Our citizenship, this is what's challenging here. Our citizenship is not in the United States of America. It's not even in Texas. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we live in a world where it's going to feel a little unusual. We are going to be acting unusual. Our citizenship, the place we belong, is in heaven. That doesn't draw us away from the here and now. It engages us because we have this moment and this time. And God, through our changes, shows up. This is one thing about funerals you do know is when we see the pattern of people's lives and then we see what God did and we see them go home to be with Jesus, we see him showing up in change after change after change. Nothing helps us with transition more than to see the faithfulness of God. Therefore, we have joy. 
We have joy because when we see that God shows up in the midst of heartache, God shows up in the midst of the blessings, God shows up in the midst of change, we can begin to see what the what's next. The what's next of life. Instead of getting bogged down in the here and now, that connection of knowing that we have that. Because change uh, can be that single thing. You know, we, we have people who will talk about it, made a decision for Jesus. Or we have coming up confirmation. People are confirmed. They're going to confirm their faith. Faith and life and change is not just going through and saying, okay, I said that. I'm now a member of Jesus. It's being transitioned into living and experiencing the fullness of God out of that change of life, out of that baptism that will happen later today, that the Holy Spirit is at work and working in faith. It's a life of transitioning into the fullness of God's grace and seeing. Not that it's not there, but fully realizing that. It's that connection. The next thing would be transformation. The Apostle Paul, who has experienced again so much with change, and he says, listen, this is how we see it. He's going to transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. I appreciate that he uses the picture of the body because it's something I see. I see how life has taken a toll. I look to see what the numbers are so that I can find out if my cholesterol is high or low, my triglycerides are high or low, blood pressure, heart rate. People, you know, just turned 61. Thank you, by the way, for the Facebook post, even though I like to ignore birthdays. But I love this. People say, hey, you haven't changed a bit. Man, you have. Your eyes are shot. <laughs> I've seen pictures of myself. Whew, wasn't that good then. It ain't, ain't, ain't very good now. The expression of what life does and how, because of a sinful world, our bodies change and our, he will take our lowly bodies and transform them. How much more true about taking hearts that are burning and passionate and joy-filled, but taking hearts also that are hurting and pained and easily hurt, easily punctured, how he will transform our lowly bodies. Didn't know really all that much about this Marie Kanji, and I, one of the things just kind of thought, well, I'm going to look at this stuff because she's decluttering life, and, 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 and she's a little weird to me. But, you know, it's kind of like if she's going to get rid of something, I think I was watching something, and she was like, had something in the house that had to go. And she was like thanking this for serving, the, you know, it's like talking to the item. Have you seen this? Okay. Thank you for being in this household. You know, thank you for caring for this family. Here you go. You know, uh, it's, <laughs> you're gone. You know, I do it a different way. I say, thank you, Cheesecake, for living here. Thank you. And then it's, <laughs> it's gone. There's ways of getting rid of that. But, but you know what, part of transformation is seeing the, the gifts and the things that we have. And there are those things that we need to declutter. In my life, what I need to declutter is the, the times of my pride having hurt 
myself or others. And I don't want to say, thank you for living. There are those things of, you know, trying to, you know, the young years when you're trying to build up and everybody's going to think you're really important and that gets in the way. Thank you for being there in those times. Let's just be gone. There are those great things of life. Thank you for serving, but it's time to move on. Transformation begins to have us look at things in a different way. It's fascinating with having just had a series on talking about, you know, giving and hearing from so many different ones of you that what was happening, and this is what my prayer and Pastor Ted's prayer was, that you looked at the gifts of life in a different way. And that we steward and use those because they don't own us. We, they are owned by God and we use them to his glory. It transforms how we look. Last, last thing would be standing fast. Last verse, it says here, um, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I think we ch are challenged by change so much because things happen. And isn't this happening right now? We can't handle the rate of change. You know, Facebook is up, Facebook is down. We have clouds, we have, you know, we're still working on figuring out our first computer and it's changed 50 times. We get a phone and we look at it and it has to tell us what to do because we don't know how to tell it what to do. We're talking conversations and Alexa answers us and we didn't think we said her name and it's like, whoa. Change is happening so fast and it's, so you're, you're just wanting sometimes that standing firm is like, I'm not going anywhere, but you know, you're going somewhere. And so I don't think standing firm is staying here while God goes, moves forward elsewhere or that the world moves without us, but it's like being on a ship and it's a little rocky because of the change that's going on, but standing firm is keeping yourself on your feet. And that's what God does. And how does he do that? Before he says stand firm, he just says, this, this is again what you need to know about yourself. You're dear to me. I love, long for, long for. That long for, for some reason this week, is meant to me more so the kind of the grandparent people of my life maybe the grandparent people of who you are or who was in your life. You don't realize how much people long for you till you show up at your grandparents and they just hug the stuffing out of you, hold you in places you don't want to be held, stick you against themselves and breathe perfume you didn't want to breathe. But if you had never had a chance to understand long for, I hope you felt that in a grandparent who hadn't seen you for a while and just couldn't wait to hold you. That's what God is saying in terms of standing firm is that as life or standing fast or firm is that we stand in such a way to realize as changes go on that God is all in with us. Jesus stood fast. He stood firm on the cross because you were his beloved. He stood firm. He stood fast with you. And every change that's come along, both the fun and joyful ones as well as the hard ones. If you're going through change today, he's with you from here to the end of that and into transition where you've assimilated it and come to the point of, 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 of building that now as a new part of your life.
that he's transforming you through that. That's what God does to bring us from change to transformation. He stands fast for us. He has joy. When we're mixed with so much clutter, he sees on the other side the decluttering our mind from that with the forgiveness of sins. The joy of seeing life become more and more about him and less and less about the stuff. At this point, I think, you know, if I was doing my own video on decluttering, I wouldn't want to hold the stuff. I'd want to hold the Lord and just say thank you. And even in that, realize thank you for loving and serving me so much as to realize that I'm not really holding him. He's holding me. And he says, I got you. I got you. Stand fast. We're bringing you from change to transition. We're bringing you from clutter to decluttering. We're bringing you from hopelessness to hope. Joy in the midst of each thing. Father in heaven, we thank you because it was from the joy from within Jesus that he went to the cross. The joy that he presented himself as a sacrifice and an offering. A joy that saw us. We go through change and it upsets our equilibrium and it upsets our lives it upsets who we think we are and we get so caught up in that that we begin to guard ourselves against hurt thank you lord that jesus could take on the hurt thank you that he could stand fast in the gap for us thank you that we can deal with life because jesus dealt with everything about death and life for us help us to enjoy to have joy in the midst of change and transition. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.